go with me to Joshua chapter 5. Um, the word that I have to share with you tonight is uh, very prophetic, and it's, it's going to be very prophetic. Um, something that God has been uh, giving me while I was on the plane in Fort Lauderdale on a vacation. And I've been hearing the word of the Lord concerning 2019, and I'm going to give it to you tonight. However, the, however, the caveat is there is still a charge in 2018 that I'm going to give to you tonight, which is very important because... As I said in the very beginning of this year, we prophesied it that the Lord said to watch and see. We made five prophetic statements, and if you ha and if you haven't got a chance to, and if you don't know of these statements, go to our YouTube channel. I don't have time to share them with you, but one of those statements is watch how the small things become to blossom into big things by the end of this year. The Lord began to tell me by the end of this year, every seat will be filled now. So by the time you get here next year, if those of you who still come next year, guess what? <laughs> You're going to be looking at a whole different place. All right. So, so it is very important that you make, and we declared 2018 to be a year of kingdom moves. Whatever you do in this year will set up the next five to 10 years of your life. 2018 is a very crucial year. It is not a is not a year like none other. It is a year where God's heaven, God is speaking. The heavens are definitely open, and there is kingdom moves to be made in this year. If you cease to make any moves that will impact your life, I'm trying to tell you now, you will be stuck. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you don't think you don't have no more life to live. I got a good news for you. Yes, you do. And there's still moves for you to make. If those of you who haven't set things up for your grandchildren, you need to do it now. If you haven't, there's things that you need to put in place. There is kingdom moves to be made. If you receive it, say amen. Now I got 12 verses I'm going to share with you this evening, but I'm only going to, I'm only going to uh, focus on about three of them towards the end. Are you ready? So uh, Joshua chapter 5, verse 1 through 12, and it says, So it was when all the kings of the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan, all, uh, all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan, of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we had crossed over that their heart melted and there was no spirit in them any longer because the children of Israel because of the children of Israel may I take a moment to prophesy to you tonight this real one quick thing <laughs> your enemies I prophesy that your enemies will begin to melt upon your arrival your enemies will begin to melt upon your arrival. I'll get into that in just a second. All right. You ready for me, Daniel? Verse 2. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the heel of the foreskins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt, who were males, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. For all the people who came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord to whom the Lord swore that he would not show them he had uh, showed them the land which the Lord had uh, which the Lord has sworn to their fathers that he would give us a land flowing with milk and honey verse 7 says then Joshua circumcised their sons whom he raised up in their place for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way so it was when they had finished circumcising all the people they stayed in their places in the camp till they had till they were healed then the Lord said to Joshua, this day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. 
here's where we're going to focus our attention in uh, verses 10 and 12. And uh, this is what we're going to focus our attention in. So the, now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept their Passover on the 14th day at, uh, of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And they ate of the produce of the land on the day after Passover, unleavened bread and the parched grain on the very same day. Then manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land. And the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. I wanna to talk to you from a brief moment called Thrive. I want you to look at somebody. I'm going to tell you to do this a lot, but look at somebody and tell them the word of the Lord over your life is to thrive. All right. If they're not feeling you, turn to somebody else who is going to feel you. Say the word of the Lord over your life for this next year is to thrive. What does thrive mean? The definition of thrive. What does it mean? Thrive means just to grow vigorously, means to flourish. Or to gain in wealth or possessions, meaning to prosper. The third definition is to progress toward or realize a goal despite or because of circumstances. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that number three, the third definition of this word thrive will not be no longer the thing that you struggle with. What do I mean by that? It's because most of us, we've, we've been familiar with thriving under pressure. We've been familiar with thriving under circumstances. Matter of fact, the Israelites, especially the generation of Moses, were used to thriving even in the midst of oppression. Matter of fact, while Pharaoh tried to even come down harder and harder on the children of Israel, they seemed to just keep growing. And so, ladies and gentlemen, most of us have managed to deal with the pressures of life and yet still grow. But I came tonight to tell you that some of us have not been used to thriving in abundance. Hallelujah. And so I decree over your life tonight that God is about to change your story. And that you are about to flourish and you are about to gain wealth and possession. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me clearly. They have, they have now moved out of the wilderness now into promise. They've now moved out of a place where God has provided for them manna. And now they are now in the promised land. Something that was promised to their, their fathers and their mothers and to their ancestors. And now they have it. Because their fathers and their mothers, they were in unbelief. They were, their unbelief caused them to be disobedient towards God. And hallelujah, what happens is, is that at the Jordan, God begins to use the Jordan as a way of showing them how his hand will move and operate for their lives. He's at the, they were at the Jordan in Joshua chapter 3, and they, begin to, and they were at the Jordan at a time where it was, at a time where it was overflowing. And it's and their enemies, the Canaanites, the Amorites, they thought that, of course, uh, they thought that the, the children of Israel, it would have took them months to cross over because it was at a time of overflow. The Jordan River was has, has swelled up and they were like, oh, I know it's going to take them months before they got here. Hallelujah. I believe some people have been watching the progress of TCF from social media and was figuring, ah, oh, it's surely going to take them quite a long time to get where they're going to get and how they got all of this and how in the world is he in a building like this? How in the world does he got what he have and how in the world is the church is still progressing even though you haven't seen what you were expecting to see yet? Hallelujah. Because we were thriving under pressure. <laughs> ah, hallelujah. You can still thrive even though circumstances and obstacles come your way. It doesn't matter what comes your way because God is still keeping you along and your enemies are looking like, how in the world is this happening? How is this happening? 
And so they crossed the river. They crossed the Jordan. They put their foot in and God parted the Jordan. He did this not in the way that he did for his father and their fathers and mothers at the Red Sea. That time God just parted the Red Sea. But this time he required some work for the children of Israel. He said, I want you to put your faith on the line hallelujah i want you to see and step in here first and let me see let me see let me see how far you will go into the water how far you will trust me before i part it hallelujah you need to understand that sometimes you don't see quick progress in your life and quick success because sometimes god has to see how far you are going to step out in the water before he parts it and i got good news for you tonight tcm that we didn't step out far enough and now the ridge oh my god the jordan's about to part let me tell you over your life you didn't step out far enough and guess what the jordan is about to dip apart over your life and your enemies will be melted in their hearts you want to know why they melted? Because they know that their, their defeat is assured. Hallelujah. They know that their defeat is assured. Hallelujah. You know what that Jordan River stood for? The Jordan River is a, is, a, is a picture, ladies and gentlemen. It is a symbolism of what happens when one gives their life to Christ. Because every time when a person gives their life to Christ, you want to know what happens? The enemy becomes to get mad because guess what? Heaven is filling up and the kingdom of darkness is losing and every time a person gives their life to christ there's a transformation there's a conversion that is happening so he's crossing they crossed over and now they are on the very they're in the promised land they're in the promised land ladies and gentlemen they're on the very outside walls of jericho Hallelujah. They're between the Jordan and the Jericho. Well, in the city of Jericho, excuse me. And they're there and God begins to give them a word. He tells Joshua, I want you to circumcise all of the men of Israel. I want you to circumcise. Ladies and gentlemen, there's things that you got to do before you start to thrive. There's steps that you got to put in place before you start to progress vigorously. There's stuff that you got to begin to do before you take wealth and before you take possession. Hallelujah. He, he says, listen here, I want you to circumcise yourself. Hallelujah. Now I want to show you something that you need to circumcise your heart. What is circumcision? Ladies and gentlemen, circumcision, ladies and gentlemen, was a symbolism of God's covenant with the people of Israel. Circumcision, ladies and gentlemen, was God saying to them, I need you to circumcise them because I need a sign of the restoration of our covenant. Matter of fact, circumcision was the sign of the uh, the sign to them that they were of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, circumcision was a cutting away. It's a cutting away of the foreskin. And, 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 and he was telling all of them, I want you to cut away now. I want you I want you to cut some things away I want you to cut away those things of the flesh because guess what you can't take on this new life with the same old one that you got delivered from see you were used to living in the wilderness you were used to the complaining and the murmuring and all of that unbelief that you were experiencing there from your mothers and your fathers and they taught you the wrong thing but I want you to cut yourself away from all of those things that you saw and all of those things that you grew up on how you saw them make golden calves i want you to cut that away Jesus, I praise you tonight. He said, I want you to circumcise. That means I want you to come under my, oh my God, I want you to come under a sign of holiness. Hallelujah. Can I preach in here tonight? I want you to cut away. Some of you ladies and gentlemen, you've been holding on to too much dead things. Loose skin that is tagging onto your life. And God is saying, cut away. Cut away your friends that don't want anything to be with God. Cut away those things that will cause you to go in the I want you to cut yourself away from them. Yeah. 
The Bible says, come from among them. Be separated. Hallelujah. He said, I want you to come from among them. I want you to circumcise, cut yourself away. This is a spiritual sign. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, circumcision in the New Testament. Oh, my God, in the New Testament, there would be no need for circumcision. But what are you telling, Brandon? Because Jesus had made the ultimate sacrifice. And because Jesus had made the ultimate sacrifice, that circumcision was a shadow of baptism. Hallelujah. Because what you're saying is, I'm, going, I'm being dead to this old life, and I'm buried in this old life I was buried with Christ and now I'm alive with him and that's what it means when you are circumcised when you give oh my god when you get baptized it doesn't matter what color you got on when you get baptized if you got on all white and if you got on a t-shirt what you are saying to people is that I used to be a sinner but now I'm rising as a covenant sign that I'm with Christ and you know what that covenant is it's the Holy Ghost and if you don't got the Holy if you don't got the Holy Ghost, you don't have a sign that you are of his. Hey. Hallelujah. How in the world you can call yourself a Christian and you still act nasty? Where is the sign that you got the Holy Ghost? Where is it? He says to circumcise your hearts. I want you to cut away. Do away with all of that see because you can't thrive still trying to be the old you hallelujah you cannot thrive you cannot grow vigorously if you still trying to stay stuck in the same old habits you have to have a different mindset because guess what if you're going to thrive from abundance you got to have a different mind on how to handle the abundance see like many a times you can take a poor person and put them in a rich house but if they don't got the mindset of how to manage it it don't mean a, oh my god it don't mean anything because they are squandering as soon as they get it but if you got the right mindset then you know how to manage with money but if you're so used to managing and when surviving you don't know what it means to manage in abundance some of you you're just so used to surviving that abundance looks strange you still living paycheck to paycheck and you making the money not to live that way can I come down your road tonight? It doesn't make sense because you haven't circumcised, you haven't cut yourself away from those old habits of how you were taught how to spend your money. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you're going to handle success, you got to have the mindset for success. It's all about your mind, your mentality. And if your mentality has not been transformed in the way of Christ, it is not going to mean anything. So many people, you pray for blessings. You pray for all of this stuff. And when you get it, you, oh my God, you don't know how to manage it. And it's gone. The Bible says a foolish man spends all he has given, all that he's given. That's a proverb. And so many people, once you get it, it's gone. Some people don't even know how to handle solid relationships because they've been so used to handling jokers. You still used to handling and dealing with jokers looking through their phone, trying to figure out what they got going on, and you don't realize that you got a real thing in front of you because you don't know how to handle. All you've been used to handling is, oh my God, dysfunction. You don't even know what it means to be functional. Hallelujah. There's a charge in this week. You have to have the mindset for the, what you're about to experience. Hallelujah. I'm trying to tell you what God is going to do in your life, but it's going to be held up because of you. If you don't get your mentality together, if you don't get that will determine how far you will take the promise that you were given. How do I know this? Moses and the children of Israelites, the more God gave to them, the more they complained. Oh, God, it's not enough. Here you go. Oh, God, it's not enough. Many of us in this room do the same thing. God, you just blessed me, but this ain't enough. I need more. 
But if you take what he's given you there and know how to multiply it, hallelujah, then you think God can bless you with more. Because too much is given, much is required. Hallelujah, it requires a much of you with the things that you have. God is requiring what is in your hand. Have you used what is in your hand to the best of your ability? The reason why God hasn't given you no new blessings is because you haven't managed the one that you had now. He says to circumcise. Listen to me. If you hear the word of the Lord, this will set you up. If you circle, that means to cut away. He says, I want you to cut these things away. All right. Give me the scripture behind this, Daniel. If you don't believe it, here's the Bible. Colossians 2, 11, 12. In him, you, are, you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So Christ was our circumcision. And if, you, if any man be born in Christ, he is a new creation. And that means since I am a new creation, Jesus has already made available that for me. So all I got to do is come underneath that. So buried with him in baptism in which you are, you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Okay, if this is not enough for you, go to the next scripture. Here it is. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to the love the uh, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. The reason why you got to circumcise and cut those things away so that you may live. For some of you, you haven't really lived yet, even though you're in Christ. But you haven't experienced really the real abundant life in Christ because you haven't cut a. Some of you in this room are so worried about people's feelings, about what they think of you if you cut them off. Some of you are so worried because let me tell you something tonight. It is a risk sometimes to go, oh my God, it is a risk sometimes to make uh, uh, to do inventory and make some cuts. Because some of you are concerned about your connections. Some of you are afraid to sometimes cut people off because let me tell you something, it puts you in a vulnerable state. How do I know this? Let me tell you something. The children of Israel were incapacitated. What does that mean? In other words, when they were circumcised, they were open to attack. See, here's the deal. Some of you are afraid of what's going to happen on the back end when you begin to cut things off. Because let me tell you something. When you give your life to Christ, it ain't going to be an easy cake. I'm out an easy cakewalk because you're going to have a real devil that wants to now kill you because now you are on the opposite side. Thank you, and Thank you, Jacozzi. Help me preach. The very fact of the matter is there is a real devil that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But you cannot be afraid of his attack because I'm now in Christ. And if God be for you, then who and what can be against you? You so worried about what the attack gonna look like. Matter of fact, all of Israel's army were incapacitated. What does that mean? That they were out for seven days. And guess what? Where are they are? Where they are? in the ge geographical location. They're right in front of Jericho wall. The people of Jericho can attack them at any moment. And for seven days, this is obedience. Your circumcision will be obedience to God. In your obedience, you don't have to worry about the attacks of the enemy. The attacks of the enemy can form weapons, but they won't come to touch you. I don't care what they are trying to do on your job. 
I don't care what it may look like or what people try to do to try to, oh my God, get close to the manager so they can talk bad about you. I don't really care what they try to do. You can talk, 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 talk all you want, but I'm covered, 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 covered by the blood of Jesus. It doesn't matter what you have to say. It don't even matter what you're trying to do and what you're trying to get. The very thing that you'll try to do against me will be turned on you. Look at somebody and say, back to cinder. Back to cinder. Back to where it came from. If you're trying to throw that on me, I'd say, back to cinder. He says... Why am I spending so much time on this? Because here's the deal. Circumcision hurts. Help me in this room. For two years, there has been a great cutting away of cutting some things out of our personal lives, TCF. And now what has happened is, and cut it people and cut it various things so that we can succeed and grow. And now we've seen a little sprouts of growth here and there and little people that come in one by one and stuff like that in. And see, we're seeing sproutings because the circumcision and the healing process of it is almost complete. Here's, here it is. You are afraid it hurts. You will be out of commission for seven days. It hurts. I grew up with them. It hurts. I've been at this job so long. God, you telling me to what? Huh? You're, calling, you're telling me to come out of my comfortability? You're telling me to do What? You telling me to come out of this? I've been I've been at this church for so long. I've been here for so long and yet you still got nothing. It doesn't make sense. I've been I've been here, I've been there and, and God's saying if you just give me your heart. Here's the deal. It is a circumcision of the heart. God didn't care about this physical. The physical sign was just a symbolism of the spirit. What God wants to do is take out and do surgery on and give you a new heart transplant. Because your heart is wicked and it needed to be replaced. He's not doing triple bypass surgery on the same old heart. He's not renewing the, the nasty and the filthy heart that you were born with. That's why you need to be regenerated. Yeah. Ah, because if you are in the flesh, it's going to only fulfill the desires of the flesh. And you can't grow because you haven't been given the tools to grow. Why you think people commit suicide? Various things in their life. Why does that happen? Because they have not circumcised. <laughs> the very fact of the matter is, ladies and gentlemen, circumcision is going to hurt. But when you get out of the stage of hurting, you are going to be restored. See, even in the process of your hurt, God is still restoring you, even though you don't feel it. Oh, my God. Help me in this room tonight. See, the, here's the deal, that even in your midst of cutting off, God is restoring your soul in the process. If you are going to thrive in these next couple of months, ladies and gentlemen, you better start doing inventory now. I charge you by the end of 2018. Don't say, oh, this year was so messed up. Don't say none of that. I want you to do inventory on your year. I want you to do inventory. What in the world are you doing that you shouldn't be doing that you need to cut? What have you not given God that you need to give him and cut yourself away from so that you can go to the next level in your life? You need to do inventory. So they're there. He's cut them away. And here he said, when you cut that away, he said, on this day, I roll away the reproach. 
Yeah. Hallelujah. Some of you feel like you can't be used by God in this tonight because you got so much condemnation. And the enemy wants to keep you in your condemnation. Matter of fact, so many people talk about the reproach, the reproach. Many scholars say different things. Uh, biblical scholars say it could be the reproach of, uh, of in the ridicule that they faced in Egypt. Some other folks will say that it was probably the reproach that they faced while they were in the wilderness. I don't really care which one it was. The very fact of the matter is that they were in a place of reproach. And God is saying, I'm going to roll that away. Some of you who have not dealt for, uh, with hurts and stuff that has been keeping you bound for years because you're scared to confront it tonight. But I got news if you confront it tonight, God will begin to roll away the reproach. They say, here's the deal. These children of Israel, why they were faced with reproach is because of what their parents did. Hallelujah. Jesus and because of what you do and because of your decision to follow God here's what God said I'm gonna roll away the reproach of the sins of your four parents and I'm gonna roll that away and I'm gonna give you a new life while you're in the promise what your fathers and mother forsake you are gonna reap from it Jesus, I praise you tonight. Hallelujah. You'll reap what your parents in them, oh my God, what they despise. You will reap what they end up messing up, what they end up not taking advantage of. You will take advantage of. Why is it? Because you gave your heart to God and in your obedience. Now, I rolled away the reproach. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I don't care what you didn't face. I don't care what you did last night. The very fact of the matter is there is no condemnation. You can't keep me bound. I'm not going to stay bound because now I'm in promise. I once wasn't in promise, but now I'm in promise. Now that I'm in the land that I'm supposed to have, that is my inheritance. Now that I'm in the identity that I have in Christ, you are not going to take it away from from me now because now that I didn't taste it and see that the Lord is good I'm not coming from this hallelujah Jesus I praise him and I'm not coming out of this I'm gonna stay in this promise it got abundance here it got abundance I'm gonna live in abundance because Christ came to give me of life and that I have it more abundantly shout yes said I'm going to I'm going to roll the reproach away and guess what it happened just in time to celebrate Passover now that you cut it away time to celebrate hallelujah I feel like preaching now now that you didn't cut it away it's time for you to celebrate here's the deal let me give it to you this way Passover Passover they said okay they celebrated Passover. Passover was now the mark and the sign of a new life. They would celebrate Passover now in the promise. See, you've been used to celebrating God's supper in the wilderness. But now you're going to experience it in the promise. Ah! He said it's a mark. It's a sign now. He said, I want you to celebrate Passover. Passover is the time that was instituted. It was the day when the deaf angel passed over after seeing the blood on the children of Israel's doorposts. They begin to pass over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because of the blood of Jesus. Now that the blood has been applied to your life, it don't matter what the deaf angel tried to do. It got to pass over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It got to pass over now. And so when I come and celebrate the blood of the, when I come, see, here's the deal. It's very funny that on the anniversary Sunday that we're celebrating the Passover. This is a celebration because 
because while we now sell, now Passover takes on a whole new meaning now because we understand that now that Jesus has atoned for us because the blood of heifers and goats wasn't good enough. It needed to be a perfect sacrificial lamb. The blood of men was not good enough. So God said, let me step in the tire. Let me prepare a body for myself and I'm going to come down and redeem it myself. I'm going to come and take your sin and throw it in the sea of forgiveness myself. I'm going to come and redeem man back to the place where they were. It takes on a new meaning now because of the blood of Jesus. What happened is the veil tore and Jesus took his own blood. He said, I'm going to sin. And what he did, he sprinkled the blood down on the mercy seat. He went up to the Father and said, here you go. I take all, here you go. I finished the work. I did what I needed to do. And now every time God sees you, he sees the blood that been applied over your life. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus, I praise it and I'm going to celebrate now. After I cut it off, I got the light to celebrate. I'm in a land of health. I'm in a land of wealth. I'm in a land now to take possession. I wasn't having had this opportunity before, but now I have a new take on life. So after you got to celebrate your new beginning, you need to take communion differently now. Because every time you partake of communion, you are celebrating your new beginning. Some of us have become so familiar with communion where we don't even appreciate its importance. Every time you partake of the supper, you are remembering the new beginning that God is getting available for you. Hallelujah. You mean to take and remember where you used to be before God came and delivered you. Where you used to be before God came and saved you. Out of where you were. You need to take, oh my God, you need to take a time to reflect every time you take of this supper. He said, I want you to celebrate your new beginning. See, you can't thrive unless you be th become thankful. He said, in everything, give thanks, for it is the will of God concerning you. I learned how to give thanks in the wilderness. I know how to give thanks when I'm just surviving. But some of you, you, you lose your praise when you're in abundance because you feel like you don't got nothing to be thankful for. But as soon as you get it, as soon as God can take away. But Joe, my God, I heard this so clear from Joe. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But here's the key. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I know how to give God praise and all things. Because guess what? Because in wealth, I can give him glory because I don't have to be like this. I didn't have to have the land that I got. I didn't have to have the car that I drive. I didn't have to have this job that I have. I wouldn't have to have this business that I have, but I'm being thankful under God and blessing his holy name because I know how to give God praise in abundance. Sometimes you got sometimes some of us we got to get to a very low praise before we know how to praise God And that means you're not a true praiser You're not a true worshiper because if you only know how to worship God when things are in chaos And then after things are better for your life, then you don't know how to put them down and pick them up What does it mean? That means you only you that means you only you only do God on a trial basis Say, so I want you to celebrate Passover. But here's the deal. Unleavened bread, the Passover unleavened bread was behind it. Because after Passover finished, then they had another celebration. And that celebration was un of unleavened bread. What does that mean? When they got out of Egypt, they had to hurry up and get out. Let me tell you something. Some of you, you need to hurry up and get out. 
there's nothing there for you. And so here's the deal. They didn't have time to cook the bread with leaven in it. Hallelujah. To make it nice and big and fluffy. You know, them yeast rolls you like to eat. You know, the little butter ones, that golden corral you used to eat, you like to eat. Yeah, we talk about those ones, a little Hawaiian bread. He said, we didn't have time for all of that. See, you don't got time to deal with anything. All you do is got time to pack up your stuff and get out of there. You don't got time to try to get things together in mess. You got to run for the hills. So what happens is they got they put leaven they put unleavened bread in it because here's the deal uh, a leaven in the Bible is it really is a symbolism of evil. Jesus says you got to be careful of the little leaven that tries to mess up the lump. You got to be careful because if you don't break away from those evil things of Egypt and with urgency. See, they didn't have time to bake it. They had to get out of there with urgency. Because if you don't get out of there in time, you might remain stuck. Because eventually Pharaoh did change his mind and wanted to come and bring him back in. Ah, you need to make haste. He said, I want you to celebrate your new beginning. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to begin to celebrate your new beginning because God is doing a new thing in your life. I prophesy over you, you will do new things. You will begin to accomplish new things. You will take over new territory. I decree over your life today that you'll begin to do new things. God is doing a new thing in your life. And guess what? Who would know it? Because God ain't sharing it with everybody. Guess what? When God brings you to the stage, then everybody would know. Hallelujah. I came tonight to tell you, TCL, we're coming to the stage. We're coming to the platform. And guess what? Ain't no demon in hell. Ain't no witch, no warlock, no principalities over the area going to stop us because we didn't come to conform. He said, I want you to get out of there. Give me the verse. He says, here's what he says, Ezekiel 36, 26, 27. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh, give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and you will keep my judgments and do them. While I preached all of this to you, that ain't the real message. All of this is not the real message. The real message is this. On that day, manna ceased. God is saying to you that I'm changing the source of his provision. changing the source of your provision because you were used to thriving under circumstances you were used to you grew up and getting this manna solely from me and not from the produce of the land because you were in a bad geographical location a wilderness is not much things that can grow in a wilderness There was different miracles you saw in the, in the wilderness. But the miracles you see in the wilderness, while great, is not better than the miracles you can see in abundance. The real message is this. That God is changing the source of the provision. That manna is ceasing over your life. And you are getting a foretaste of the provision of this new area of life. Not only did they eat leaven that day, but they ate of the crops in the land. They're not used to this. 
all of what I just preached to you was getting you ready to thrive. But when you're in the moment of thriving and you now taste of this new food, what word you used to know or what word was good for you then won't be good for you now. If you've refused to mature in your walk with Christ, you will not thrive in a new place. Because this new generation of Israelites had to get to know God on a whole nother level than what they knew God on before. Here it is. Everybody talks about new level, new devil. Uh-uh. New level means a whole new way of God. Because what you knew God on then ain't going to help you now. That's why you can't take new wineskin and put it in. You can't take new wine and put it into uh, 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 old wineskins. Because it's going to break. You will break on a higher level of success because you have, you are trying to take old things and put it in a new thing. Listen to me. If the church of Jesus Christ do not get it together, we are trying to take old methods and put it in a new game that is not working for us. Our traditions are killing us. Because now they see the church as irrelevant. The power of God is being diminished every day. Because in a new age, us new way of believers think that the power of God is will turn people off from church. Because it looks spooky. And then our old way of doing church is looked at as a joke. They see these dancing videos of praise breaks online and they say, is this even real? And there's nothing wrong with dancing. It really isn't. But because of what they're seeing on platforms, it's being made to think that this is a joke. Ladies and gentlemen, the church can still thrive, but it got to put new wine in the new wineskins because you can't thrive in abundance on the same thing you did yesterday. Stand to your feet. Hear me tonight. 2018 is a year of kingdom moves. You got until December to put things in order. If you have not made the moves that you need to make, your 2019 will be just like this one. The heavens are open now. And God, don't you get jealous when the, your brothers and sisters are progressing vigorously and thriving because you failed to take the opportunity to grow. That's where envy and jealousy is caused. Jealousy is caused because you're looking at everybody else. You got the same opportunity. It's here right now. You will not thrive in the year of 2019 if you don't get what you need to get done now to thrive you need to cut away you need to cut away because God is about accelerating things very quickly you don't have time you don't have time you need to get it in order now. Because God, as, as the end is drawn near, God will be moving very quickly. Very quickly. God will begin to do things. Let me tell you something. And guess what? Not only will you thrive in abundance, but guess what? How you thrive will be very unconventional. Here's the deal. In the next verse, in verse 13, Joshua is looking out at Jericho. And the angel of the Lord, the commander of God's army, comes to Joshua and tells him, 
the instructions he needs to overcome Jericho. It's unconventional to walk around a place seven times. Then on the seventh time, the shout and a wall comes down. It's unconventional to take on, to, it's unconventional to, to have the sun stand still while they're and fighting in order for them to defeat their enemy. That's unconventional. It's unconventional for a, for a church, a, a, a one that is 20, a pastor that's 25 years old in the Northeast and has a service at 5 p.m. to begin to grow in unconventional ways. That is not normal. It's normal in different other places, but it ain't normal here. Brandon, you're too young. Y'all just a young adult church. All of these, all of this compartmentalizing because you're so used to your tradition because you ain't used to this new way. God is going to do unconventional things in your life. And if you are looking for him to move the same way that he's done before in your life, keep looking because it ain't going to happen. Everything God does, he does it new. God doesn't do the same miracles, he do new miracles. And guess what? God can hear kill cancer in different ways. I don't know if you got sickness in your body right now. If you got sickness in your body, lift your hands right now. I decree and declare healing over your body right now. As an authorized mouthpiece of God, I decree and declare healing is about to hit your life right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I decree and declare everything that is, that, that is out of place, healing right now. The power of God is healing your body now. We decree and declare that your health will thrive. Hallelujah. We decree and declare that your health will thrive. We decree and declare right now in the name of Jesus that your health will be in order right now in the name of Jesus. And everything that is out of order will be put in order right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Lift your hands.